It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Welcome. You're listening to Bucked Up with Sam Buck. You interviewed Michael S. Schmidt. Yeah, and we had to re-edit that one because <laughs> Trevor didn't edit it. <laughs> what Are we happened? recording yet? Yeah, the, we just started by me saying you uh, interviewed Michael S. Schmidt. Oh, good. On yeah. your podcast, Practicing Talking <laughs> with Trevor Dion and Brianna Woodward. We did. Yeah, Trevor Trevor uh, uploaded the unedited version first so for like two months. Why do you edit your podcast? Because I fuck up a lot. So do I, but I just keep it going. I just like, I just power through. I fuck up in the way where I will, it, it, it's, it'll be boring to the listener. I feel like because I fuck them. You guys I don't do it for the listener. You guys will hear it too. If you're listening, <laughs> please subscribe and like fucked up on YouTube. Yeah. As I say, fuck you. <laughs> but <laughs> that's a great way to talk to your listeners. I like that. <laughs> Go fuck yourself guys. Yeah, I'm like a harsh father, but they know I love them and I teach them a lot. You got a strong hand. I do. If the, if the hands open, it's not a, it's not a problem. I like that. I, um, yeah, we have to edit it all the time. Cause I have this, I, when I first got in my car accident, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Cause I won't shut the fuck up about it. Dude, a um, head in. So you got in a car accident. Yeah, I and you a, got a, a bad head injury. I had a weird head injury where a lot of uh, my memory is gone, and then also I there will be like a, a very weird pause in my speech. So like if I'm talking and I can't remember something. I won't start stuttering, but my fucking brain will stutter. So that actually and, happened to me too. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, the reason I would like stand up is when I was young, I got, when I was young, I mean, in high school, junior in high school, I got in a really bad hockey accident. Oh. And, um, you're your own Stephen King novel. <laughs> you're like the beginning of Dead Zone. <laughs> yeah. All the bodies in my basement just add to the, uh, the plot. But, um, I got a really bad head, head injury and I had to lay in a dark room for 30 days with nothing. I couldn't even oh, listen to Jesus. music. All I could do was listen to people talk. I couldn't like talk myself, like have conversations. Yeah. So I just listened to stand up and I fell oh, in love shit. with it. And then I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to dedicate my life to. And podcasts. I listened to a lot of podcasts. So it was a hockey injury. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, I, I never, I feel like I mumble and I also feel like I stutter a little bit and I don't remember ever having that beforehand. Okay. Yeah. Mine is similar in a way where it's like, if I'm thinking of something, I will have the answer, but my fucking, like, I, it won't come out of my face yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. And then Trevor will, Trevor's a, a saint uh, in the way where at the beginning he's edited parts where it's been like me literally struggling to talk. Um, and now it's just become like, oh, this is the thing that Mike's doing now where He's trying to think about the answer and he knows it, but I'm not going to tell him. And we're, we're, yeah. We're going to fuck with him. So it's, <laughs> and it's I don't mean to do journey. like podcast inception because I don't know how many listeners of this podcast want to just have their, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the reason I like doing video and I can do video is because I don't edit much. Like there's uh, very few things I edit and I just put it out there and then I can cut clips and put those out to kind of build my base. But I kind of like, I think I like 
being able like look i just with the video would be too much it would be a lot of like cuts and stuff unless you're doing a two camera cut and then you can edit more interesting but i think it would be nice to look back and be like that's who i am just like that's a like a chunk of me yeah like Polaroids like a series like like saw seven here's a chunk of me now you put all this on youtube too mm-hmm. yeah oh fast we haven't done the youtube portion of our podcast yet we're working on that but i want to i want to have video too before i do youtube like i just don't want to put audio with like pictures mm-hmm. rolling by because that's shitty yeah it is and but look how simple you, yeah look you how showed me because we're in we're in your studio for studio, yeah we're in so your we could, studio uh, this is not my it, studio we could probably do it i like the lights on your camera make my tv look like it has tits <laughs> <laughs> it also looks like an alien like a like a like an abduction yeah and this table setting is making me feel like i'm trying to be joe rogan a little too much you don't I'm have not a, enjoying the look of. <laughs> it's like we're gonna have to change a lot of things before I get YouTube, guys. Sorry. No, that's the uh, point. Is you have to not give a so fuck. Weird. Don't I don't look at much. yourself. Don't I look at yourself. I don't want. I can't it's stop like, now. Change it's like when you're. Tri- you are perfect. Change nothing. exactly. Thank you, Ani. But it's kind of like when you're like tripping. Oh yeah. And you look at yourself, and you're like, "That's what I look like." <laughs> You know what I'm, and then you're like, in the future. And when I see that, as I change myself, I usually try to change myself, but that's you looking into this. You're like, that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. But it shouldn't matter. And I'm already making adjustments. Like, (laughs) you shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. (laughs) But you got this head injury. I just totally uh, took your story and made it my own. And you just, no, I mean, you got in a car accident. They're similar in the way. Like, I, I had, um, yeah, I got in a car accident because I was delivering too much food um, and just like trying to make money well in between comedy jobs. And like I fell asleep while driving like a fucking idiot and just right into a, another person's car. Uh, they were totally fine. People always ask that. I know to say that afterwards because like I tell the story and mm-hmm. I know the lady in the car was fine. She just had I feel like you wouldn't be so willing to yeah. tell the story yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I like, like kill the lady. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But I at the beginning I never told the the oh she's totally fine. Mm-hmm. She just had a fender bender and I just hit my head in a weird way. So people are like, "Did you kill a person?" and you're like feeling bad about yourself. Is that what we're dealing with? Like, no, but it it fucks you up the head injury. I hit How the long did back it... of my head hit the seat. And that's which what was the part that gave me the concussion. Did you hit front and then lip no, whiplash? Seat, it was it I wasn't even going that fast, but the way that I went back in the brake system is like the 30 miles that I was I was going 30 miles an hour. Like I wasn't going mm-hmm. very fast. But, but sleeping my and driving head hit so the funny. back of the the seat at 30 miles an hour. Oh, so cuz like, you were leaning forward cuz you fell asleep and were the leaning forward. went off. So like the anti-lock brakes and like my fucking everything and I went back at the at that same speed. So like I just got a really fucking nice dinger. How long ago was that? Two years ago. Dude, sleeping and driving Maybe is three. so fucking scary. Like I've fallen asleep probably a handful of times and now I am a I'll pull over and I'll nap and drive. Like this honestly, the people are like, why? But this is serious. Like pulling over in a rest area and taking a 15 minute power nap. Yeah. is so much fucking be- like 
Red Bull, man. That's been the key for me. I don't like caffeine. I don't even, I don't like, I don't like tea. I fucking bought a tea from Dunkin' Donuts on my way here and I haven't even drank it. Like, I don't like caffeine. I don't like anything that brings me, I've never done Adderall. I've never done Coke. I don't like caffeine. I just, I don't. Interesting. I'm a very. I had to up my Adderall dose a little bit after my head injury because it was my ADD got kicked up a little bit. I just, I'm a very like anxious, fast person. I don't know if and, this is true or not. I might be full of shit, but is, I think Adderall can be prescribed to people with concussions for like a small amount of time. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I wasn't. And I'm happy I would. I was, I'm happy I wasn't. I don't know. Maybe I feel like I've seen a lot of people. Did your testosterone dip? Uh-huh. Probably. You, did you get your blood tested? No. We're going to go full Joe Rogan right now. I didn't get my blood tested. Dude, you should get your blood tested. Have you ever had your blood tested? No. Your testosterone, Paul, you're dipped. They'll give you steroids. You get jacked. Be great. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I actually, I lifted yesterday. I've been trying to get more into lifting, but I'm a runner. Like I, I just kind of enjoy, I enjoy running. And I think the reason I enjoy running is because like that was something that I was like not bullied about as a kid, but like I couldn't run. Like when my friends would be like, come on, I would like couldn't do it. And I'd like be really upset. And I remember yeah. like crying one time, like when they were running and I just couldn't do it. So now like I run, like I run. What was preventing you from running? I think just being a fat, lazy kid. <laughs> I'm like, like did he have polio? Why no, did he I not think, run? <laughs> I think that running is a mental thing as is a lot of things in life is you just have to be like, no, I can do it. I'm going to put my mind to it. That's your, uh, like I was the kid who was like, I could never run, but everyone says that. And you can, cause all I did was start for 10 minutes a day. I would literally run for 10 minutes a day Okay. for like 60 days or 30 days. When did you start? Three years ago, three years ago. Yeah. And I ran six miles on Christmas. Okay. That's pretty good. Wait, why did you pick Christmas? It's January 4th. Because that's (laughs) the longest week off. No, no, I ran (laughs) yesterday. I ran three. No, two days ago, I ran three and a half. So you run every day? No, I, because I'm big, it's not Mm. good for my knees. I hurt my calf that way running every day. And I had to take like six months off from running and I became a dick. Like when I couldn't run, I was a dick. My wife's addicted to running. She runs every single day. And when she does Is she a smaller frame? Yeah. See, I'm a big guy. It's harder for me to go every day because it is like, I'm definitely going to need knee surgery when I'm older. You should box too if you like cardio. I want to box. I literally was driving the other day being like, I want to learn how to box. My grandfather was like one of the top boxers in the Air Force. I saw these really cool things on a commercial this morning um it was like early i couldn't sleep either i i emailed them because i wanted to be a sponsor of my podcast they'll probably never email me back but it was like this boxing um uh heavy bag thing that they have right but on the heavy bag it's also attached to a mat on the ground and you can stand on that mat and as you're like beating the fuck out of the heavy bag it keeps count of like how many punches you've done and like your accuracy and shit like that. That's so cool. It's like a Peloton for, um, for 
punching bags. I don't think you need to. I maybe maybe boxing's different, and it probably is. But I like the idea of like teaching yourself something, like not mm-hmm. going to a class. Like maybe that's what held me back growing up from doing thing is I didn't like because I'm I don't like comparing myself. Like I do, but I don't like it. Yeah. It's like one of my least you know, one of my worst habits, I think is like comparison. Mm -hmm. And so when I was like in sports or with friends, like I would always be comparing, I'm not as good in blah, blah, blah. But with running, it's just myself. And I, it's like a thing I can teach myself and get better at that. It's not the same reason I like yoga is it's like, I just watch a video every day. I feel my Mm -hmm. body get better. Like I feel myself be able to like, run better or lift better or just not be sore in the morning. And it's or nice like that I don't that have to like posture a little longer. Yeah. And it's like, I don't have to compare myself to other people in a class. I can just do it myself. That's interesting. I always felt like comparing myself to other people has driven me farther, but uh, also makes me kind of a prick. And in, in the way where like when I approached comedy for the first time, I was like ultra competitive and that wasn't really how long have you been doing stand up? Cause it's been a long time. Almost. It's, I don't know if I should, t- because, because of my head injury and uh, the last year, I really don't think I should be saying I've been doing it for 10 years, mm-hmm. but I've been doing it for 10 years. Um, yeah. That picture I posted was a 2013, 2013. Okay, so seven, eight years, eight and a half. Yeah. No, because I was working the door at Dick Doherty's two years before that. So well, you've been doing it a long time. Ten years. It's got to be ten. My wife will know a definitive answer. She'll be like, "You're talking shit on that podcast." That fucking sucks. Having to take time off, like with your head injury, and well, with I'm not like... alone anymore. <laughs> no, Which but I, like I've been able to do semi not as much as before but like i've been able to get my fix Mm. throughout quarantine well it was weird because i didn't think i was going to need to take any time off at all like when i first i got in my car accident and trevor drove me because i had just gotten i just started getting booked at kowloon uh doing the the host spot there and they don't accept fucking anybody like it i auditioned five years previous uh, and it was a five person bringer and they fucking said, no, uh, I, I was told that the lady stopped listening to me 30 seconds into my set. Uh, and then I went back five years later, they said no again. And then I went back after two people recommended me, one of whom I don't even know to this day. And then I got a spot. Um, and my second spot was the day after I got in my car accident. And Trevor drove me uh, to the Kowloon because my car is fucked up and I wasn't able to drive. Uh, that Trevor Dion's a good guy. That's the Trevor is a great guy. The- Trevor booked me. Trevor Dion mm-hmm. booked me on my first show I, I ever got booked on. Did he really? Mm-hmm. I booked him on his first paid paid spot. Um, but I was telling punchlines like my my whole set was fucked fucked up in my head, so like I wasn't. I was saying the end of my jokes, but like I, before I was saying the premise and I was just, it was all out of order. 
like literally my sentences and um i got off stage and he was like yeah i don't know why you why you did that because like you were talking like that the whole way there <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't know man. and that's how long did it take you to recover after that it was like i didn't want to get up um after that we started recording like podcasts with like with jessica did you take any time off like to just like like i was when my I doctor talking, prescribed to me to like lay in a room yeah and not do anything so i could like so i didn't have they told, many, yeah they yeah they i really wanted to do that spot the cowlin <laughs> so i did not stay home but um after that i stayed in bed and like tried to not fucking do anything for a while because the realization of like maybe i might not talk again correctly mm -hmm. was pretty scary uh and then we started recording episodes of our podcast practicing talking yeah practicing talking uh like two or three weeks and i'm probably fucking up the whole timeline um so you can no that's fine you gotta have trevor on i confirm but i don't care about yeah. the timeline as much as this is actually a really interest like yeah this is crazy it's cool because uh, and now i get the name and i think that's us practicing talking I know. Is an amazing we, name we did come up with the name it was it was we got lucky with the name i think but like and i think we also got lucky because we have people in europe who listen a lot and they're like from russian shit so I think they're listening, thinking like, oh, this is an English. Oh, I'm going to podcast. learn English. They're going to learn. And then I think we might just hook them in with our pure. With your uh, Michael you S. Know? Schmidt interview about his book, Donald Trump versus the United States. That's probably mainly where we got a lot of our Russian interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners. But you started that and compare. So I. Mine happened when I was 16 and I don't know how much my, like, I don't think I have a speech impediment, but yeah, I definitely so like your think amygdala I isn't fully formed yet. When you're 16, it takes until you're 28. So the impact of your head injury hadn't fully developed yet. <laughs> like, yeah. like you're still going through it. Isn't that fucking weird? I'm just gonna hit 28 and be fucking well, like a not cucumber. that significant of an impact, but like I email with my neurologist a lot back and forth just because I'm gonna be honest, listeners. I, I just got stop. so scared. Like, <laughs> I won't I won't stop trying to learn about the thing that happened to me, you know. Mm -hmm. But like it's it, I don't think it would be like that big of an impact, but you know, speaking from my medical history and my medical degree as a doctor, I'm a did you change like were you what were you the same type of person beforehand as you are afterwards? Um I wouldn't say there was be like a huge change, but like small things like um like loud stomping noises like are a big thing for me for But some nothing reason. to your like personality. Like a fucking huge anxiety attack. Uh, Personality-wise, Trevor says I'm less of a dick a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if that's 100% true. Um, but no, not really anything crazy. See, I I think I'm a little less, like... It, like, knocked the, like... Fucking do it. 
just like do what you want to drive. Do. Yeah, the drive and the do what you want to do. That's interesting. Like, I feel like I, um, I feel like my life was like controlled up until that point. Like everything was like controlled. Like I had a, a family that like ran like the mm. type of person I was going to be and like the future I was going to have. Yeah. And then when that happened, it was kind it like knocked the sense into me. And when I started listening to like podcasts and be like, oh, there's people who are just like doing what they want to do. Mm. It made me just be like, fuck it. And I think that's where most of my, um, that's crazy. So at 16, you were like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I didn't and how start long have you been doing it. So this is the thing is, so I, I talk about this on a lot of episodes, so I apologize, but I, so it happened when I was 17, 16 and it happened to right around like, right. Maybe I just turned, I was just about to turn 17. And then when I was 18, I went out to LA with my mom for a week just to go to the comedy store. Every my mom That's bought amazing. my mom bought me a Your fake. Your mom's fucking awesome. My mom bought me a fake ID. Um, what? So I could go to the comedy store because it's twenty one plus. And so I went, and every single night she did her own thing. Every single night. Have you told the story before? A little bit, but not as much in this detail with my. I, um, tell it on stage. No, I Shut haven't. The fuck up, Bert Kreischer. I've Why don't never... you tell your fucking story, you dickwad. <laughs> I went to the. I went okay, to the machine. Com- tell me more about your fake ID and how your mom brought you to the comedy store and now you're a comedian. It's but no one wants to hear <laughs> tell that. Tell me bragging. your closer. It's tell me bragging. this is an awesome story. I've no, it's too much. Like it's not. I don't like telling jokes crazy, about comedy. Man. I really? don't like tell jokes about. Why don't you fucking tell us when you came on my podcast? <laughs> Practicing talking, by the way. You're gonna tell hear a lot of sex. Gold. You're gonna hear a lot Let's of hear sex it. stories. Let's hear it, Sam. <laughs> I want to hear that fucking gold. <laughs> Excuse me. I set you up to have a great head injury story, and you fucking missed the putt. So yeah, let me. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> no, but. But I went out. Did she really do that? Yeah, she really did. She brought you to the comedy store. She brought you a fake. She bought you a fake ID. Mm-hmm. And you guys sat down and watched comedy together. And she's like, "Here's your future, bro." No, she wasn't there. She just let me do she it. Just left. She was just what like, "What a you... fucking badass!" Because I think she. Me? Yeah. Jesus Christ! I gotta. Your mom's gotta write a book so about my, parenting. So I gotta read it. My mom. <laughs> no, this is the thing: is my mom was the person who controlled me. Like that's okay. I was, but she was controlled by my grand. I'm letting a lot out, but I don't. She was controlled by my grandmother mm-hmm. her whole life, so that's all she knew. So when this happened to me, I think she kind of saw the change and i think she was like i guess if he's all in yeah like what like what's the point not to let him be all in like she she was like you have to go to college so okay. like i went to college and i got my degree and i'm in debt from that but like don't worry joe biden's gonna fix that exactly <laughs> also fuck you why don't you just cancel credit card debt you idiot <laughs> you can't do that on student loan debt I know you can't do that in student loan debt, but if all the people that didn't go to college throughout that opioid epidemic 
weren't in fucking credit card debt, maybe we wouldn't have an economic meltdown on the horizon, Joe. Excuse me, <laughs> that opioid epidemic helped you a lot. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure it did. That's why I can't get a job at McDonald's. <laughs> Go on. Tell me more about your mom. Uh, she is single. I'm taken. Sorry. <laughs> No, but um, she sounds great though. But she let she let me uh go and do that. She and just left you there. Yeah. What year was this? Uh, 2015, 2015. Oh, okay. And um, and I got on Kill Tony just <laughs> randomly. Amazing. Like I I had you know, written one bits. of our first producers is is in California now. He got on Kill Tony. And now he's working with Sam Johnny. Triple. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to talk P. to John. I've never met him, but he's very, I follow him and he's very interesting. I went to fucking grade school with him. That's he's so funny. He, his he, dad's he, like rocks. His uncle's a rock star. He's fucking amazing. That's crazy. He's an amazing kid. So I got on Kill Tony <laughs> and I was like 18 at the time. Okay. And so I just like blew my load of comedy. Like it was in the <laughs> belly room. It was front of my favorite comics. Like, yeah. And then I got scared and I didn't. You I peaked. Did you peak? So I had a great set. You can watch the set. It was a good set. Like oh, did it, you still use some of the bits? No. Uh, it was only one bit. Okay. I just did one. I, I tell minute long yeah, bits. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like my like. Um, and then I did it one time in between. And then I went back out to LA by myself the next year. Mm-hmm. I saved up money and I went out by myself for New Year's Eve, like for a week. Okay. And I got on Kill Tony again. Just Amazing. like, and that one was in the main room of the comedy store, sold out. Steve O was the guest. I've listened to that episode. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I stopped listening after I went on. So I didn't realize that they went, turned to like, not like a, good critique to like a roasting oh no so they just roasted i had an all right set but they just roasted the fuck out of me yeah and i got upset i was just like that was like a second peak it was like a, a, a the opposite feeling wait a minute are you the are you're not the one guy who got mad on kill tony are you no i don't okay. get mad no no i don't get mad you took, you took the beating yeah like took, a man yeah okay. i took the beating like all a right. man okay I can laugh at the shit because I was nervous. I was in yeah. the it was the third time I ever did stand up, and I was in the main room, sold out of the comedy store with Steve O and Tony Hinchcliffe I'm such on a stage Tony and Red nerd. Band. I'll, I'll, there, I, there's a specific comedian who's literally gotten mad while getting roasted, and he's like, "Fuck you guys, I'm leaving," and like then came back, got roasted again, and did the same shit, and like just doesn't get that it's a thing. Like, yeah, I'm glad you weren't him. No, I wasn't him. But then I like did it maybe two or three more times until my senior year of college, and then oh, I just so you like, didn't hit a rhythm. And then uh, my senior year of college, I just hit a rhythm, and I've been going for probably two two years. Because you, you did, is it because you came back to this area and didn't there wasn't like a community? No, I was in college and I was scared. Like it was just that was what it was. But when I got out of college, I was the world was free. Like I didn't have anything to do. Yeah, I had a full time job. I was making good money, mm -hmm. but I didn't have anything like so. I was like, I'm just gonna put all my chips in this basket because I always wanted to. Yeah, that's interesting. And I get mad that I didn't do that at 17, 
but I needed that life experience because I went through a whole drinking problem. I went through like, I, like I, wrote, I, I wrote all these jokes, but I didn't write them yet. I, I like, them. I like, yeah. Like, you know, breakups, whatever. Like I needed that. Yeah. I needed that time. That's interesting. I never had it. Um, I went, my wife, uh, we were kind of dating at the time. Um, brought me, uh, to a comedy show after I had been going through like a really shitty time in my life. Were you a fan of comedy um, at that time? Not, not really. I just like kind of watched it on Netflix. Um, and my dad was, my dad laughed at a Louis special. And I was like, oh, what is this thing? Like, that I don't brought understand. him joy. You were like, this is the first time I've seen him what? smile. Dude, my dad was dying at uh, Chewed Up. Uh, Louis talking about his kids. And I was 19, 20 at the time watching him laugh. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, never seen him uncontrollably laugh before. Mm-hmm. My dad's 6'4. And if he doesn't like you, he won't acknowledge you. So like you're just not even in his wheelhouse. Like he's literally looking over you. Uh, but like watching him laugh at like Louie was unbelievable. And then my wife brought me to um, fucking Dick Doherty's Thursday night four person bringer. Um, and the lineup was Dan Crone, Dan Bolger, Sarah Martin, uh, da, 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 da. who was the other person? Those like, are all killers. All three of those are killers. Well, one of them was on WTF. Bolger has been on late night three times, twice. Sorry. Um, Sarah Martin's in LA and Dick Doherty, but he's a fuck face. I don't know you, Dick, so please don't uh, come after Bucked Up, which you can subscribe to on YouTube. I'm sure you will. It's okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I don't give a fuck. It's going to be okay, Dick. (laughs) One of the things in like the early 2000s, late 90s was like, if you don't get fired from Dick Doherty's, like you haven't made it in comedy yet. Dick Doherty's first advice to me in comedy was you should steal other people's material. And then I went to open mics and told other people's material to them. <laughs> so you did, you went, you followed his advice. Yeah, I was, I got the door job and then I got fired four years later and went to the studio and Rick was like, welcome. <laughs> You've been fired from Dick Doherty's. You're now a comedian. <laughs> oh, I get it. So you have been in it a long time. So though they were doing a bringer show, you were on that. Oh, and then yeah. did you fall into stride no, right I away? Did. Did I you? went to I went to watch that show. Oh, um, okay. And then I went to uh, the open mic. John Paul Rivera was running uh, underneath Fenway. God, I wish I remember the name of it. Mm. You just talked for a long ass time about having a head injury, so I don't think it's yeah. all right if you don't. Um, uh, it's a good name too. Uh, it's like a Chinese restaurant somewhere, but and he brought me up and I was doing other people's material. And he's like, you can't fucking do that. And then for a month, he brought me up as Mike Faggy and that was still okay to do. <laughs> and yeah. And it. you fell into stride after that. Kind of getting the door job at Dick's was awesome. And then, um, 
I found like, it. when did you start like doing it multiple times a week? <sighs> like right away. Like I did my first open mic and I ate shit and I was like, I can't, that can't be what happened. Like I need to, I need to do better than what just happened. And then it was kind of like weekly through that. I think I did it every day for like a month and then tried to like taper off. Cause I was going through like an AA phase too. Mm-hmm. I stopped drinking at like 16. So were you a heavy drinker before that? Um, no, but I was a heavy opioid user. So that would be, and if you go to NA, I found that you just find new drug dealers. You don't find help. But if you go to AA as an NA and just say you don't drink and then don't drink, um, it's you get the same help. When did you start? Because at 16, if you're having a problem with opioid, so when did you start? Probably 15, 16. I mean, the first time I touched opioids, it was kind of, it was what was your it was perks, man. I liked them, liked them a lot. Um, and I, I think I, I hit the ground running with that for like five years straight. And it was just straight to like 21. How did you, 18, this sorry, might be 18, such a stupid 19, question. Like 19. I didn't start smoking weed until I was 18. Like I didn't, I didn't, I don't, you know, that mm. was it easy to find like enough <laughs> to have a problem at yeah. 15. Yes. Yes. People will sell you drugs. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, no, nah, really. I mean, it still happens today. I know it. I know it does, but it's like the free. I guess like you. So it was only like a year that you had a problem before you started going to AA. No, I crashed and burned for all the stupid shit I was doing in like a three-year period. It was like sophomore year in high school until I ended up graduating high school online. I was just a complete fuck up. And you can listen to my podcast if you want to hear all about that because it's literally a three hour story. But like at the tail end of that, I came out of it with a new ambition to try to find a a thing to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Because like when I do a thing, I like to do it all the way till the end, even if it's drugs. What was your your breaking point? my breaking point was getting fucking arrested and getting, uh, I'll sum it up in like, a, I'll try to sum it up in like a paragraph. Like I got arrested. We have, t- you can, you don't have to like shorten it to a paragraph. I got arrested when I was 18 for robbing a pizza delivery driver who I thought had all of the drugs I ordered from him, but we got the wrong car. So it was just a regular pizza delivery driver. Mm-hmm. And me and my co-defendant got in a lot of trouble for doing that. Um, you were 18, so you could... Yeah, and we were wearing a mask, so that comes with a mandatory minimum. Were you armed? Yeah. I, was, I got charged with masked armed robbery uh, and conspiracy. So, like, that carries a five-year mandatory minimum in federal prison. And I didn't go to federal prison because I'm very white. And I understand that mm-hmm. in the climate where you, you have to say that because the justice system worked in, in my favor in that way. But at the same time, like I, like I, we were joking earlier, like I still can't get a job at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Like I just got my record sealed, but a simple Google search will show you that like, I can't get a job at McDonald's. 
So like, even if I do get my record sale, it doesn't fucking matter. Cause like people just know. Did you, so of course that has affected you trying to get jobs. Yeah. I can't get a regular job. So like you Have take you the route, you got, you got a, you got a job and you start making money. Right. So like mm-hmm. my only source of income at most points in my comedy career have been comedy because every other source of income will not allow me to get a job doing that. Like I worked at a gas station for a while and I got a really good closing bit that Ellen DeGeneres does on her special. (laughs) Do you see like that as yourself? As a felon? No, just like going back. Do you see like do you see yourself getting to that point? Are you like, what the like what path was I on? I it varies. If you get a if you ask me one day, I'll give you one answer. And if 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 you ask me another day, I'll give you another one. Most most days I try to look at it from a perspective of like, hey, there's there's 300 million Americans like and the opioid epidemic killed a lot of them and we're not talking about that anymore because of corona but like at the same time there was a significant portion of the population dying because CVS, Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family decided they wanted to make a rap video and go fucking ape shit on all of us like there are towns in Kansas. You're sitting in a town right now that's CVS, Walgreens, and Rite Aid sold more pills and filled more prescriptions than 300% of the population of my town. I've lived here my entire life. There's more, more people than in my town, 300%. How is that possible? How do they make that much money and do all that? And who's held accountable? Like there's, cause I'm trying to sit here and be like, I mean, they're getting accountable I, now. You just get, fill your New York times subscription and type in the word Sackler and you'll, you'll see it. But at the same time, like, like I can blame it on that or I can blame it on the 16 year old me who decided to snort that fucking pill and get addicted. And that's the way my brain chemistry reacted to that thing. And you didn't like, but like, I don't know how to fucking do it anymore. Like ask me, ask me tomorrow and I'll be like, well, it was a choice I made. (laughs) And like, I don't know. It's, it's crazy because with the perspective and if that, that I have today and with the knowledge that, that is coming to light for everybody, if you want to just look at how much money (laughs) that Purdue Pharma made during the height of the opioid epidemic you can go to sec.com man it's right there gov but like there's a it's it's really difficult to pin down how i feel about it as as a whole because it's like well i didn't go to jail either so like that's awesome like i, I went to jail for longer than i think any human should be in jail but like i didn't go to prison that's I'm lucky. Most How long people, were you in jail for? I was in jail for I was in solitary confinement for a week. I was in jail for three days. And then I was in this weird ass in between Cambridge jail thing for like I don't know how long. Um, but I didn't go to prison when I should, probably should have, you know, like 
if I had diff- a different skin tone, I would be like, getting out of jail like a couple months from now. I used to say that, but that's not true because it would be like a year ago. But still, it's fucked up, you know? That is fucked up. Were you... You're a very calm That's guy. hilarious. My family will... <laughs> would tell We've you talked about this. We've talked about <laughs> like how you, uh, you, you're you an angry guy too. And I have... Ang- yeah. I don't... People always are like, you're angry? Like, yeah. But talk to any of my exes. Like, honestly, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but it's a problem For that real. I try to work on. Yeah. And it's something that's serious, but it's, it's almost like people who don't have it don't understand it. Like, it's not something you can really control. I do things. I meditate. I do yoga. I run mm. to try to control it, but it's, it's hard to, but like you yeah. seem calm. Like you do seem calm. Weed helps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you get to a place where it's like, you can't help no, yourself. I mean, there's, it's different. I don't like, mean like when I have anxiety, my anxiety comes out in anger, which is fucked up right? it's fear right uh, yeah so like my my kids will see my my kids provide me with a lot of anxiety i have two step kids uh and they're like pre-teens and a teenager so like they provide me with a lot of anxiety uh given the story i just told you about how my at the end of my teens happened like i'm very hyper focused on that not happening to them and it makes me a fucking dick, <laughs> like a, a lot of the time. And I try not to be because it's like, that's that's who, that's exactly who you don't want to be is that asshole stepdad. But like, I am so afraid and my anxiety comes out in fear because I don't want what happened to me to happen to them, even on a micro scale. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like... It's terrifying. <laughs> Do you, so like my dad was an angry guy and I think he was also very loving and he, his fear came out in anxiety. That was the thing. It's interesting. And like my dad will probably be listening to this and <laughs> like, it, I love him and he's very Mr. kind Buck, and loving. What did you do? No, no, but that wasn't it. But it's a lot of other scenarios no, I meant what did you do to 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 translate that anxiety into not anger? <laughs> oh, well, it's funny. I think not. What did you do to yourself? You son, have to Mr. let <laughs> you you have to let. Like when I look back, and I what if I become a dad? When I become a dad, I might lose this clarity now. Mm. You know what I mean? But right now, just being 23, coming out of it and having perspective in the real real world, looking back on it, it's like whenever they wanted to push what they wished their Mm. childhood was like onto me, whether my dad was sports or my mom was school, it made me go the opposite way. Like I'm a comedian who smokes weed like that's probably yeah. not who they wanted but i fucking work hard and i yeah. run and i like try to help myself and i'm always trying to better myself but it's like i just w- it's tough though because they did let me do what i wanted but it's you don't know what you want it's like such a tough that's, thing that's i think that's um i think that's a key point that a lot of people struggle with 
um, and I see my kids struggle with a lot too, is, is finding out what it is or who you want to be. Right. So like, we know we want to be comics and like, we want to tell jokes for a living. Like that's been the goal for me for so long that like, even when I got there, it was somehow like not enough. So I had to like make this other thing, you know what I mean? So like, Mm -hmm. like, I think a lot of people will struggle with what am I going to do and how, how am I going to do it? You know? And like my stepson in particular, I think our biggest struggle with him right now is like screens are fucking inevitable. Like they're bad. We know they're bad, but he does school on them now. So when he gets out of school and he wants to do what he, like his passions, like he likes video editing and doing all these fucking cool things on YouTube. And he wants to be that, like Mm -hmm. he wants to do that. Uh, And I don't know shit about it and I'm not supposed to, which is fine. Do your creative thing. But like now that screens are part of school, like how do I not fuck up your like retina, (laughs) like your physical health and your mental health and then not diminish your passion when like we're stuck inside on screens all the time you know that's what we're struggling with him the most is how do i how do i make him exactly who who he wants to be and like push that rocket ship to fly it without like fucking it up and lift off i think it's the same way that i think i learned how to take care of myself through podcasting i think i agree with that I learned how to like, you know, take care of my mental state, my physical state, how to follow my dreams. These are all things I learned through podcasting from people who did weren't directly telling it to me, but wanted to give me knowledge and information. Mm -hmm. So I hope that I can take that on and be like, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'll let you do, but I'm going to give you all the knowledge. I'm going to tell you how maybe those screens fuck you up. I'm going to tell you how, you can eat sugar, but I'm going to tell you how bad that is for your body. I'm going to tell you how if you don't stretch every mm. day when you're 40, like I saw my it's grandfather so though, because, like, lose do, all motion. Yeah. Like that's from not doing anything. Like I'm scared of that. When you ha- when you have kids, though, oh, it's I'm- so fucking crazy to watch. Like because I'm like, all right, sugar's bad for you. Right. And screens are bad for you as I'm like scrolling through Twitter. I'm mm-hmm. no saint, but like, like to, to watch that, the impact of you saying something, um, uh, have little to actual no impact on, on them at all. But they don't have money. The craziest like- thing ever. Like, yeah. Like I have perspective. I understand the thing that I am saying to be correct for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not always right. I'm a fuck up. We've, been over that but like i know it to be right for me right so if i know it to be right for me then i assume it is right for them right but when i present them with that it automatically becomes wrong like you were saying but i was even if i know screens are wrong and i tell them screens are wrong in the way that it's too much and i know i'm doing it too and the world is this way Mm -hmm. then automatically I'm wrong because I'm the one telling them in that way. You know what I mean? It's like this totally. weird fucking paradigm. But like, they also don't. So I, um, and then I'm a stepfather on top of that, which means 
I don't get forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So I was a fat fuck kid. <laughs> and I also developed an eating disorder because my family told me so much. Mm, like, too much. Too much. But that food was in the house. It's not like... Not to oh, that's uh, hilarious, but it's not like I had my own money and I was going out and like spending all my money on yeah, fucking like, Twizzlers all McDonald's day. Then literally, it's like, well, then stop filling a refrigerator with fucking snacks and cookies a freezer and with freezer, and I can open yeah. up a drawer and it's all cookies. It's kind of like that would be. That's a great metaphor for the, screens right now. But it's the say. stupid. It's me asking you that stupid question about you're 15 and you found perks. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, yeah, these kids are going to yeah, find dude, cookies. Someone gave them yeah. to me and then they started selling them. Exactly. That's the thing Why? with sweets, though. Because they were making money. Exactly. It's like, yeah, you have them in the house. So, of course, I'm going to eat them. Like, yeah. And it's and it, that was my problem is like when I went to college and I started really caring about my health, I was like, OK, I can't buy myself snacks because I know the type of person I am and I know I'm going to eat those snacks. Same reason I've never done pills. Same reason I've never done Coke is because I know if I have one good writing session on an Adderall, then I'm going to be taking them every day trying to. Yeah. That's the reason I'm addicted to running. Like, it's the same Did you watch that movie about Adderall? No. Uh, The Netflix documentary? No, I didn't. They watched, they spent this like two and a half hour documentary telling people that like Adderall only heightens the function of your brain that gives you the like ability to be motivated to do the thing that you're doing it doesn't actually make you better at it and it's like that's what i that's what i need you fucking idiots <laughs> like what why do you think why do you think it's a pill why are we doing the what are you you mean it's a drug that makes you think you're doing a better job? Okay. <laughs> and in turn, you you do a better job? All right. To be fair, I think that's what weed does to me, is whenever I smoke weed, I'm like, I'm doing these things better than I did it so. It does, Sam. <laughs> yeah, no, it literally heightens that part of your fucking brain functionality. Yeah. But they don't want you to have it. <laughs> But I've never touched that other stuff. And it's it's also funny how much alcohol my family used to buy for me. Like I developed. Oh, that's. that's I'm sorry if my family even listens to this, but like, no, like they bought me so much alcohol when I was in college that I just drank it all. Yeah. Like if I got a free 30 pack of Natty Light, that's gone in two days myself i'm an only child i've never had this free flow to alcohol dude that's so you look like a kid i sold percocet diet <laughs> taking trips to umass amherst and dartmouth to sell lsd <laughs> <laughs> but i just i started drinking too much because it was readily available where did you go to college wheaton college where is that norton mass it's a small liberal arts college. But that's what I mean. Like, it wasn't like parties. Like, I was just drinking by myself in my that room. That is the saddest college experience. We had parties and stuff, but not like frat parties. I was just drinking alone in my room. <laughs> it was, I actually enjoyed it because I was able to learn that, like, that stuff isn't worth it. Oh, yeah, because that'll happen. Exactly. So when I get, got out of college, 
everyone's still kind of doing that thing, but I'm like, no, I'm going to focus on my path. Yeah. That's you chose not alcoholism. <laughs> exactly. But I, I think a lot of people don't realize that until their late twenties or thirties oh, yeah. or never. Yeah. I think it's scary when people can't figure out what they want to do and it's like very obvious. So they just kind of like go through life and they're doing their job or doing their thing, but they don't actually have a thing that creates purpose. You know, it makes me scared and sad to hang with people who are like that, who don't have like a purpose, but I love, like I have people who I love in my life and I want to pull them out, but I know that's not my job, but I still want to give them the attention that they deserve. But it makes me sad to just see this stagnant state. Yeah. I, like I had it, that when I was like, I, I don't go to AA anymore and you can tell by the bongs. I'm not a huge advocate for it. Like it's, you should see the cross around his neck. It's yeah. Me and Jesus, we go way back. Uh, um, that was the guy who gave you your first perk. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Willie D. Um, what the fuck was I saying? Um, you're not a big advocate for AA, but the oh, stale, yeah. mo- the you stagnant, get, the that, stagnant that, moment. Yeah, that's what I found is like, so if you go to to AA when you're like 18, you know, like, and you stick with it for two or three years, like it's, it's, um, a lot of people don't hang around and then the people that do, that's their whole life. So like, that's where they found their purpose, but that is a fucking bleak ass purpose. If you're an 18 year old who like might've had a drinking problem, but definitely had a Percocet problem like that going to like AA meetings for the next 40 years. Like that's not, that wasn't my purpose. So I found that to become like stagnant after a while. Mm -hmm. Like why are you just living for that next fucking AA chip, which is not to put people who are doing that. Like you need, the tool in your tool belt to get help. But like, I, I get worrisome too, because like, I don't even comics, like I don't want to be around stagnant comedians. Like I just, it's not like there needs to be progress or we're going to get stuck. And I'm a fucking terrified of that. But see you, you went through all this stuff and you came out with that knowledge. What just happened? The dog's donut <laughs> fell. We both, <laughs> there's a dog sleeping in the back of this podcast. It's my dog Lucy, everybody. But you came out of a tough... You came out of one of the toughest experiences you could... The Like, the, one of the... like the worst outcomes. I got lucky in a really shitty circumstance. You did, but you that is like a... It's a bad outcome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But you got knowledge from it. Yeah, I got us. I got I got grown up very fast, and I I got the knowledge and different. I got the knowledge from seeing other people mm. fuck up a lot, and then a very um, quick four years of learning. I grew up yeah. very fast in my four years of college, yeah, and I too. got that knowledge. And you need that hardship. Not, I think you got went through a lot more than I did. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak, and I also don't mean to. Ro- I don't want to like speak for you, but like you need that to come out. So yeah. whatever 
like your stepson's hardship is, is going to be his own. And he needs to kind of naturally go through I that. Know. It's just like, um, what is it? Um, it's like Monday quarterback. Like, like you're watching the thing get built and you're like, ah, I can't stop fucking with it. Like it's, <laughs> I don't know. I, I enjoy being a, a step parent because they're, they, they're, um, they're, they've been through all of the shittiest parts of my life too. Mm-hmm. And like watching them grow, having watched that experience is amazing too, because it's like, oh, you're not fucking up uh, the way I was when I was your age. And I can remember like having the same thought processes and shit. But they didn't go through the same stuff that probably drove you to sometimes that stuff. I'm screaming at, at the top of my lungs. Don't you understand what I saw? That was my nom. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think they understand? How old are they? Ah, oh, don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> uh, no problem. Do you think they understand? Uh, 14 and 12. And they do. They, they understand more than any of their friends understand like the complexities of shit like i can have real conversations with them about actual things like i talked to my stepdaughter about the fucking stimulus fuck-ups and she's like that mitch mcconnell's at it again like she gets it she gets all the shit she understands and and i think that that has to do with the parenting that that my wife you know laid before i had arrived and and her partner at that time did and and also just like what we've kind of cultivated as a family sense. Like we don't care about swearing. We don't hide. I used to do drugs. We don't hide that like weeds a medicine that helps people. Like it's just, we we try to make it, we try to make it as easy for them to see everything. Like I don't, I don't like hiding shit from my kids. That's the, dude, that's so, that's what's gonna make them great though and they might maybe i'm fucking them up no because okay so like i was talked to kind of as an adult and i think that hurt my friendships growing up but once i got to 18 and when it doesn't matter what when you're not stuck with an age group yeah you make friends and i think that is like you're kind of helping them be able to be like it's not as hard. Like you're not putting them yeah. through the numb, but you're also giving them things to be like, I'm going to show you, you know, and that's what you need. You need the kind of like, I'm going to show you like, that's what drives me. Like mm-hmm. if everything's perfect, then what's the fucking point? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I think, um, my sister just had a kid. So she's like, She's older than me too, so she's just kind of getting the. Like she just just had a kid, mm-hmm. so all like I can't wait to see that evolution in her too. You know, like it's cool to see people get that. You know, like I'm 28 and I'm gonna be 29, so like me saying it's cool to see people have kids and evolve as people sounds stupid to somebody who's 36 and is gonna have a kid, but like. I feel like I, 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 sometimes I feel like I skip my twenties and I'm just 30 and I have been for a while. But you came out like a microcosm of shit with like, you have a family, you have like a passion, you, you went through hardship, you have things to learn and to teach. Like, yeah, like it's weird to me to see people 
go after like I just want a relationship. Mm. You know? Oh, like just go after one part aspect of their life. Exactly. And it's like, like that. I'm gonna like, fix my health this year. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, like you went through this shit and you have a family and you're you really care and you love and, and that's shown in the way that you talk about them and everything. Tell them that. <laughs> Have them just listen kidding. to just clip this and yeah, send it send to me that, would you? Also, every time they're yelling at me, I'm like, look at this shit. Look at it. But I also don't live with you. So I, I, you know, I'm not. Oh yeah. I'm a total piece of shit sometimes too. Like, don't get me wrong. But you're self-aware about it. And I yeah. think that's the thing that like matters is you are wanting to be better. You oh, are yeah. like. They've also seen me through my early twenties though. Like my stepkids saw me learn how to be a stepdad through my early 20s so like that's not that wasn't easy for, for them you mm -hmm. know what i mean like yeah. i'm a fucking idiot i, I couldn't am. imagine being and a, like like you when did you become their stepdad or when did you me and my wife got married we don't we're such hippies we don't how old were you? We don't uh, keep track of our anniversaries. No problem. How <laughs> like, old were uh, you? That's uh, this is all I'm trying to. Uh, twenty two. So you were younger than I am right now, and I yeah. couldn't imagine doing that shit. Twenty one. I think I was twenty two. See, I'm I'm twenty three, about to turn twenty four. Like you went like, we're on uh, very okay, different life trajectory. We're you just know, a president apart. <laughs> but that's wild. Like you have you've built this thing. This family, and oh this yeah, life. Man. So like, you don't know nine, you don't remember nine eleven, but I only pretty much that was like what that's when I turned on. I do remember nine eleven <laughs> because I was ice skating, and then the twin towers fell, and then I had to stop ice skating. <laughs> I was I was at school, and then they were like, "We're not doing school anymore." <laughs> I was like, "I can't ice skate." <laughs> there might not be schools tomorrow, guys. We gotta shut this shit down. Let me ice skate. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Three planes, and I, this, I'm not trying to minimize 9/11 in, in in any way, but like, is it crazy? Like three planes fell out of the sky that day, and they did it on purpose, but they fucked up Boeing seven Boeing seven. 47s like a whole fleet of them and for a year they all almost they were all falling out of the sky and like we don't we don't really remember that that much like they just started putting it back up in in the air last week <laughs> yeah because there's other shit to worry about there's the corona there's the not that many people on planes anymore <laughs> there's the stimmy checks there's it's crazy thank you for being on Oh, yeah. This is a good podcast, man, because I lost track of time and I have no idea how long we've been. We did like an hour and ten. Holla. Holla back. Practicing talking, people. Listen to me mumble. You really should. His podcast is great. I was on it. That episode will come out someday. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And this has been Bucked Up. You can like and subscribe on YouTube. And, oh, can um, I plug, um, plug Trevor it. and Brianna? Oh, yeah, dude. Yes, please do. Because they're fucking great. Um, go back to and listen to uh, early episodes of Bucked Up with Brianna Woodward, our new producer. Uh, She's fantastic. Follow her on Instagram at Not a Damn Cheese and uh, Trevor Dion. You can follow him at chess.com at uh, TNT Dion uh, and send him a message. Tell him that he's bad at chess and that you should give our podcast three stars. Okay, thanks. Bye. But also congratulate him for losing a lot of weight. <laughs> All right. Thanks Don't for being on, man. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.